This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It is Market Down Monday, and we are marking down where Ohio State will begin the season in the preseason Associated Press poll. I am Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com, along with Doug Lee Maurice and Stephen Meese. You guys like how I made sure to say that right off the top, since I always forget to actually tell people I'm marking it down because I get into the, the, uh, the broad subject before I just make the declaration. Very professional of you. Yeah. I was gro- growing fond of the other way, but I guess all good things have to come to an end eventually. I think uh, actually when people listen to next week's Market Down Monday, which we've already recorded, they'll hear Doug about a third of the way into the podcast say like, have we said what we're marking down? Yeah. Which I don't think we had. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the future. And jumping ahead in time. That's why this, this jumbled up approach that we have is, is working in my favor today. But yeah, we're marking down where Ohio State's going to open the season in the AP poll. Stephen, why is the preseason poll important for Ohio State? I mean, it's just the way you're viewed at the start of the year, right? What people's expectations of you are and just like how people think of your program. Not even your program, that specific group of players and coaches before you've ever gotten a chance to prove anything. And that's all it is at the end of the day. It's not anything more than that it doesn't really matter that much in the large scheme in the large scheme of things but in the moment it is important to see where you stand amongst everybody else before anyone's done anything yeah Doug I mean of all the things that you could say that make the AP poll important I'm saying important in in air quotes I mean there's there's a certain prestige that goes along with being highly ranked there's the attention and exposure that go into it do you find those things to have real value or do you think it is more just like this historical marker it's kind of a thing that is done for posterity that you get to look back over time and see what that who who is kind of if you're if you're on a repeated basis considered one of the best in the country coming into a season that might mean something that's the only reason the AP poll matters. And I think the preseason AP poll is by far the most important AP poll because it sets the parameters for the season and it provides context. And I just want to say this preemptively. If you are sitting and listening to this and you're one of those people who's like, they should do polls until just leave because you're wrong. And I hate the argument. And would you enjoy it if, like, Ohio State and Oregon played each other? And it was like, how good are Ohio State and Oregon? We'd be like, we don't know. Nobody does rankings. Nobody does rankings until November because everybody's so worried about preconceptions. Everybody's equal. Or do you want to have historical parameters so you can call this a top-10 matchup when Ohio State and Oregon play? So that's why we do it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the playoff committee. It doesn't but it matters for history. And when you say Ohio State's been ranked in the preseason top 10 
81 times in history. Like that stuff matters. It does. It provides a historical context of how you're viewed. And it matters much less. I do think it matters much less for today than it matters for 10 years from now, right? Because again, I'll fight anybody who thinks that the AP poll has some kind of outsized influence on the playoff committee because it has zero. But, you know, someone's got to do it. And until the playoff committee does it, if the playoff committee ever says, hey, you know what? We're just going to start. We're going to do our own rankings, one through 25, starting in the preseason. We're going to do them every week. I think the coaches poll and the AP poll could disband. Mm-hmm. But until they do that, somebody's got to do it. And as dumb as AP pollsters are, they're better than the coaches. So this matters because I like looking back. Don't you like looking back and saying like, oh, where were they? And then how can you be a surprise team if nobody un- doesn't rank you? It's like, oh, LSU was a surprise team in 2019. It's like, how do you know? Well, because they weren't in the top 10 in the preseason. It's like, oh, so you, you referenced the preseason poll. So don't be a poll jackhole. And if you're a poll jackhole, Shut it off, because I'm going to call you a poll jackhole 10 more times if you are that person, and then I'll eventually stop because I'll assume they're all gone. Now, hold on. Now, there was a time, though, when the AP poll was – I think you're correct in that it doesn't matter to the playoff committee. So I think that's progress, because I think there was a time when that was one of the problems people had with the AP poll was that where you're ranked in the preseason might have undue influence on what the poll looked like at the end of the season as far as determining a champion. I mean, we don't have to debate that because that was like people's like, well, if you don't lose, you can't move down. And it was like, you mean you can't move down from the spot that was an imaginary spot before any games were played based on your preconceived notions that very well may have been proven wrong, you stupid poll voter. I mean, the only people dumber than poll voters are people who think there shouldn't be polls at all. But thank God we've actually hit the sweet spot. We have a meaningless yet contextualizing poll early in the year that has no bearing on the thing that actually determines who win the national championship. It's perfect. That, that's my point, that it's, it's actually growing in not, it's not growing in influence. It's growing maybe in importance and, and, and growing in the benefit that it has without having any negative influence. And I think that's actually a good thing. I, I used to be one of the people who, was, who would be frustrated by the fact that, well, if a team wasn't ranked high enough to start the year, maybe it never really – rises high enough no matter how much how well it plays and I guess you could go back in history and look and see if that's even true but I I I, I like how it is now and I think it's going to be a beneficial thing more going forward so I want to look back specifically at Ohio State obviously because we're talking about where we're going to rank Ohio State and where do historically like how often are they ranked at the top of the poll and what does that mean for them because I think I wrote about this either last year or yeah, it was probably last season, probably going in the last season because I started right before the 2019 season, but just about how Ohio state has traditionally kind of done better when it's not ranked number one, to start the year. Uh, and, and that's probably actually true of a lot of teams that you could probably go back and see how many teams are ranked number one to start the year and end up there. But obviously last year, Ohio state started the year as the preseason number two, they dropped back to six, but last year of, of the many things that you have to throw out the window for 2020 the AP poll is almost at the top of the list because it got so jacked up as to who you could vote for and then when Big Ten teams were eligible there were still people who weren't voting for them it was a mess they started at two they dropped to six they finished at two and in 2019 they're preseason number five 2018 preseason number five you have to all go all the way back to 2016 before they were not a preseason number or a preseason top five team and then before that you had to go all the way back to 2012 where they're coming off the weird year 
and they started at 18, but they finished all the way up at three in 2012, I suppose, in and of itself was a weird year. But this is, I think, for, for you guys, I mean, it, it's reflective of something we talk about about Ohio State all the time, which is the consistency of, of never really having big dips. Even if you take into account, if you, if you take out 2011, really, from that equation, then that awfully inf- obviously influenced where they were to start 2012. But they, by the end of that year, like I said, they're number three. Like the, 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 this team, this program doesn't really crater. And I think the AP poll, especially the preseason poll, is reflective of that. Yep. I mean, yeah. and, and you said, oh, you have to go back to 2016 to find when they weren't in the top five. They were sixth. Right. Yeah. I mean, like that. <laughs> right. So, so in the playoff era, and I do, I mean, the playoff era is an easy dividing line. They've been fifth three times. Sixth once, second twice, and first once. So it's like that's – but it is because um, a lot of a lot of stuff is who you have back, right? So there are swings where – there used to be swings where it's like, oh, well, that team peaked and then they lost everybody and now they're reloading. And now there's just teams they don't – nobody rebuilds anymore. The top five teams don't rebuild anymore. So it's like, oh, Alabama lost all their players from the national championship, all of them. They literally lost all 22 starters, almost. Not true. And, like, they're still going to be number one. or what, You know what I mean? Like, because, like, yeah. they're still Bama. So, like, it's coalesced so much. And it also – it currently is a reflection of what we've talked about elsewhere in college football is that, like, everything is coalesced in a way that, like, there's only, like, six teams in contention. Like, who are you even going to come up with that's not, like, one of the big five to put in the top four? Like, you couldn't even come up with one. So it's just, I mean, that's not great, right, for the overall breadth and interest of the sport, but that's where we are. But then also, how often does, I mean, you just brought up Alabama basically losing 20 of 22 starters, which is probably not true either. But for the, they lost everybody important off a of national championship roster, and yet they're still going to be in the top five. Even to that extent, how extreme is it ever for you know, the, the five or six teams we're talking about here? It's usually they're replacing their quarterback and bringing a lot of boatload of talent everywhere else is coming back. Or it's they're probably replacing some a lot of talent elsewhere, and they're bringing back a Heisman level quarterback. So, Doug, it's interesting you mentioned the playoff era. If you look at 2014, and that was a year where they were they were ranked five to start the year, dropped all the way down to 22, and then had to climb all the way back up to obviously being the postseason number one with with their national championship. Since then, I think they've spent something like three weeks outside the top 10 if you go all the way back to 2015 and 2017 they got as low as 11 twice and then in 2018 people know they were number two lost at Purdue dropped all the way down to 11 and I think moved right back into the top 10 after that but that alone is actually even more impressive in some ways than never being outside the top six in that span to start the year and is that because every every the preseason poll obviously is a lot of times based on um, prestige or expectations or sometimes what you did the year before has a lot of influence and sometimes one loss is all it takes to drop you out of the top 10 because other people are having strong seasons the fact that Ohio State like consistently is a top 10 team like week after week after week after week I think is deserves its own recognition as much as that preseason ranking yeah I mean they haven't lost early I mean since the Virginia Tech loss in 14 their only early loss is to Oklahoma in 17 and that was like an under like an understandable loss Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways right I mean like they haven't had that early stumble and then when they stumble late it's like all right well you stumble late if you're undefeated and you lose to Iowa or Purdue it's like you're two or three and you fall to eight or nine because everybody else has a loss too you don't fall into the 20s 
So yeah, they've just like constantly been in the mix. It is, it is the, it is the best thing about Ohio state football is that, and I think we've talked about this. I don't know that I've ever written it in the playoff era. Ohio state has, has like never almost like never played a game that didn't have playoff implications. Mm-hmm. which is like, what an awesome way to live. They never have like, even like Oklahoma last year, Oklahoma starts 0-2, they're dead. They played a whole season with no playoff implications. Because guess what? Starting in week three, they were as good as anybody in the country. And it didn't matter. They were dead. They were out of the playoff. So you played as good as Oklahoma was last year. Oklahoma fans did not get to follow along with the playoff rankings. And really, I mean, you're like, well, if everybody else loses twice, it's like, well, it's not going to happen. Like, that's not what Ohio State fans, every week, you get to care about that game because it might kill you if you lose, and you get to care about everybody else. Oh, I hope Notre Dame loses. Oh, if Bama upsets. Because you've never been out of the mix. Like, I mean, arguably, I think the only time they've even been, like, out of the mix is, like, maybe the Michigan game in 15 after they lose to Michigan State that late, and it's like they're probably not going to get over the hump. Like, every every other game. Or or 2017 after the second loss. Like, wouldn't the last weeks of the 2017 season have – We thought they were a playoff team, man. We thought there were a two-loss play, yeah. two playoff team that year, for sure. They finished sixth or fifth. They finished fifth with two losses as the Big Ten champ. Mm-hmm. And we thought they were getting in the playoff on the day of the announcement, so no. Hmm. Because one of the losses is Oklahoma, and that's like a good loss. For all they lost to perfect. Oklahoma early, right. and then they lose yeah. to Iowa later. Right. And even if – I guess if you could argue maybe the week after Iowa, you might have been like, well, that's it. But it turned out not to be true, and I think we realized it pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you were saying like, playoff implications. Like sometimes that is is more apparent in retrospect than it is in the moment. Yeah. Um, now they have not been ranked number one for a while now, uh, since 2015. The last time right. they were ranked number one at all, they were mm-hmm. the preseason number one. So that's also the last time they were the preseason number one. Obviously, spent 10 weeks at number one, dropped to number two for a couple of weeks, and then obviously then there's a loss. They fall all the way down to eight. Like, do you feel like? It, is, is that pursuit of being back at number one? Like, is that, what will that mean when Ohio State, even for one week, climbs back to number one? I think it'll be a huge deal. I think it'll be a huge deal. And I think we'll all make a huge deal of it. And Ryan Day won't, but, like, I think it'll mean something to the fans. Because the preseason number one since 2015, Bama, 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 Clemson, Clemson. So it's like you can't break that top two, right? That, to break through that top two would matter. And, by the way, in 2015, they were number one to start the year. As you said, they had a good win against Virginia Tech in the opener. Then they started looking like farts pretty quick against Miami and Northern Illinois, and they should not have been number one anymore. They should have fallen out of number one much more quickly than the first 10 weeks. They did not look like the number one team in the country to anybody. We knew it. We kept waiting for them to to shake it. That was, I would say, that season was still a remnant of old thinking Mm -hmm. because the playoff, the way the playoff committee thinks has influenced how voters think. And voters are much more uh, open to the idea of moving teams up and down during the season without them losing than they were in the old days. 2015 was a remnant of the old thinking of if you don't lose, you can't move down. But they were not the number one team that whole year in actuality. But also they were the unanimous number one team. They had all 61 first place votes. That's the only time that's the only preseason poll that's ever happened in the playoff era. So when there's that much of an opinion towards that one team, you give it maybe a more benefit of the doubt for longer. Cause they didn't do that with Florida state as much the, the previous year. They started dropping Florida state pretty early on once they didn't like they were winning, but they didn't look good all the time. 
Yeah, I think you both make really good points. But Doug, I think that that's especially a good point, like considering we talked at the start of this about how the poll doesn't really influence the or doesn't have any kind of undue influence, outsized influence on the the playoff. But I do think the playoff has positively influenced the poll. I think we get a, I think we get a better poll because of the playoff. Absolutely true. Yeah, the playoff committee, for all its faults, thinks about it the right way. And it has influenced how everybody thinks about how they rank teams. And they are not as beholden to their ballot the week before, and they are not only moving teams on losses, and that's better for everybody. And it helps the context of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does. I mean, I'm looking like the week six rankings from 2015. Ohio State was number one at 5-0. and There were 12 undefeated teams, 13, 14, 15, 16 there were like 17 undefeated teams in week five and Ohio State was number one. And it was it's crazy. There's no way they should have been number one. They couldn't get well, out of their own way. But also to the point of the next time Ohio State might be ranked number one, it's probably the only way it happens is if they're the reigning champ and their quarterback comes back, which will definitely play into why Ryan Day will be downplaying that. No, in the preseason. Know. In the preseason. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. But yeah. No, no, but, that's what yeah. I mean. Like they'll be, they'll have won a national with their quarterback and some key pieces coming back, so they're going to be the number one team in the country. Yeah, they're going to be preseason, preseason. number one, and they'll be preseason number one in twenty twenty three. Mark think, that down. Wait, 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 Mark, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So hold up. Are down. you saying? So you're saying in twenty twenty two they're going to win a national title? No, I, I'm not. Well, I know that's what you said. They have to do. They're going to be really good in twenty twenty two, and then everybody's going to come back. And their, oh, no, quarter, yeah. their quarterback's going to be awesome. And even if they didn't win the national title, everybody, we're going to be writing about Trevion Henderson and Jack Sawyer and Emek Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. And whether the quarterback is returning C.J. Stroud or uh, Quinn Ewers taking the job or returning Quinn Ewers, we will, on behalf, don't worry, the Ohio State beat will be writing enough about the 2023 team in the buildup to the season that when the 61 AP voters are like, oh, my ballot is due in two hours. I wonder who I should vote for. Google's Ohio State football. Steven Means, why Jack Sawyer is the best college football <laughs> defensive player of all time. Doug Maurice, why Emeka Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. are the greatest receiver combo in college football history. Nathan Baird, while Quinn Ewers is prepared to break every record that a quarterback has ever held in college football. I guess I should vote Ohio State number one. Thanks, Cleveland.com. To I that point, right, I've but, been texting about that roster for a little minute there. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right that Ryan Day is not going to make a, a big deal about it when it happens, but I think it's going to mean something to this staff too. Um, I mean, like they'll use it in recruiting or something, but like, Ryan Day, I mean, I can write the quote right now if you want to. That's doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish. It's like, that's okay. what they're going to say yeah. publicly. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think, they, I think they, they feel like there's a mountain that still needs to be climbed as far as like what you're talking about, pushing ahead of Alabama and Clemson, even if it's for one week in the opinion of this body of people. And it's people like me, so there, there is a limited importance to it. But I, I still think it's going to be something that resonates in that at, at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Yeah, but I also think that I think they can't wait until the day that they dropped to number two because they didn't play as well so they can go, oh, look, nobody's respecting us. Nobody's respecting us. They still don't believe in us because they did that a lot in 2019 and 2020. And I think he's not quite Dabo level with it, but he's in that percentage. He's headed towards that direction with the, you're a really good team, but for some reason you don't think anybody believes in you. So the other times Ohio State's been the preseason number one since, uh, other than 2015, the ones I found, 20. 
or sorry, 2006, they were the preseason number one, finished second. 1998, preseason number one, finished second. 1980, preseason number one, finished 15th. 1970, preseason number one, finished fifth. 1969, preseason number one, coming off a national championship, finished fourth. 1962, preseason number one, finished sixth. 1958, preseason number one, finished eighth. And in 1942, this is the only one that I found where they went, started the year preseason number one, finished the year number one. In 2006, they were wire to wire, and then they lost the national championship game. Right. Yeah. So that was the other time where they came the closest. Did, how much, we've talked before about this potential narrative of like and, – and we've been talking about it more specifically, I think, about the way Ryan Day uses the underdog factor. Is there anything to that? Like, is it better off for Ohio State not to start the year number one? It's probably better off for everybody to not start the year number one. Yeah. I mean yeah. – I mean, although it hasn't – like, Bama and Clemson don't carry it like a burden. But we've talked about that. Ohio State is the bully in the big, of the Big Ten and a national underdog. And they are in the perfect little spot where everybody in their conference is afraid of them and they act like, they act like the big dog. And then as soon as they leave their conference, they're like, nobody likes us. And it's like, okay, we actually think you're very good. But I don't think anybody else in the country can do that. I mean, maybe Oklahoma – I guess, except like Oklahoma, then when Oklahoma gets out there, they give up 60 and they lose. So like, mm-hmm. they, you know, but like Ohio they're State. They're not really a bully the way Ohio I mean, State is. They're bullying the Big 12. I mean, they're, they're rolling people in the Big 12. Nobody can hang with them. That offense scares the crap out of everybody in the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, a conference bully. It's like if you think of a conference bully and then what you're like on the national scene, Ohio State, I think, flips it better than anybody. You know, that like it's 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 like big fish, small pond. And then all of a sudden you act like you're a small fish when you're actually still a pretty darn big mm-hmm. fish. But at some point, though, there is another transition to be made. And like you're saying with Alabama and Clemson, how they don't carry that number one ranking as a burden. It's almost a w- what their expectation should be. If, if they're not number one in some week, I think they feel like something's wrong, um, especially obviously that's a case of Alabama. So that also sort of links sits out there to me as maybe the next stage for Ohio state is to get to that number one ranking, but not just achieve it, like then back it up like defend it and, 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 and respond to it uh, like you've been there before almost, even if you haven't. That's the last level left for this program. To be like, yeah, uh, duh. Not like make it an underdog thing, not whatever. Just be like, I mean, like, what do you think? We're the best program yeah. in the country. Of course we're number one. Or like, why do we even, you know. But like, I mean, Bama, because if Bama's number two, I don't know that Bama's doing the every – I mean, like, Bama's just Bama. Bama's just like, we're the best. I mean, it doesn't guarantee we win every year, but we're the best. And that's, that's the last level for Ohio State to get to. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's and it difference- is reflected in the ratings. And it's the difference between being the guy who's like sitting at the top of the mountain chilling and just relaxing versus being the guy climbing is you don't have to, when you're up at the top, you don't have to worry about that stuff. You can be a little bit more secure, even if you're, you know, don't make the playoff one year and you're angry Bama, you don't have to show it every single day, Ohio state Clemson to an extent, but like Oklahoma, they have to show it all the time. Coming back from this break, we are going to talk a little bit about, setting the stage for the 2021 preseason poll. What's Ohio State's case to be ranked really high and who are some of the other contenders? You're listening to Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk, predicting where Ohio State 
will be ranked in the preseason Associated Press poll. Is there a case for Ohio State to be the preseason number one team? No. No. Uh, is there a case? Like, is there a case that – is there a case based on, like, the football of it and not the perception of it? Because we are obviously are talking a lot about perception. Is there a case on the merits of the football talent for Ohio State to be ranked number one? Probably not, but I, you maybe could make a small case that starts with, like, the offense is awesome and the quarterback's going to be good. We don't know who it is, but he'll be good with all this talent. Best receivers, best tackles, five-star running back, great tight end. And that the defense was an aberration. They're going to get back to who they are. I do think like Oklahoma might make a similar case, but like Oklahoma doesn't have a foundation with its defense. I think people think like, oh, Oklahoma's defense is going to get better. Alex Grinch, Alex Grinch. But they don't have the thing to point to, I think, in recent history like Ohio State does. So if you want to say like awesome offense, defense will get back to who they are. We're fine on quarterback. Clemson and Bama have new quarterbacks too. And like Bama lost their receivers. We've got ours. Like I, 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 do, I do think, there is like a case. I don't think it's the strongest case in the world. And I think you could shoot holes in it. But if you really, really, really sat down and thought about it, I think you could rationalize ranking Ohio State number one. It's, I, I almost think, think it's, like, it, it, the way I look at it, uh, sorry, I'll let you go in a second, Steve. But the way I kind of look at it no, to no. jump off what you're saying, Doug, is I think it's in it, if you're just throwing names out there broadly – Ohio State doesn't seem like someone that you should consider for number one. It's interesting, though, then how they sort of stack up when you start comparing them directly to the teams that you might rank number one and start rank, comparing their personnel. Because of that, I think they have a strong case for anywhere from three to five, where if you see them pop up there, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. You think everything might be great, but you just don't know what the quarterback yet, even though you can probably assume he's going to be pretty good, even if he's not Heisman Trophy level. You can think the defense will be better, and yes, the offense is going to be awesome. But because there are some things you just can't – you just don't know yet because you haven't seen anything, three is the highest I think you can go where you don't start poking holes in the case. I think you're right, Doug, too, about on the, on the offensive side of the ball, there's a strong case. I mean, you're returning the two receivers that people – consider might be the two best in the country. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, I mean, not getting the kind of preseason attention that we thought he might at this point, um, doesn't necessarily add to their case a lot for just voters who are looking at a team from the outside. Then you got the two tackles coming back and then Harry Miller, another starter. And I think people know, a certain level of voter will know about Trevion Henderson. A certain level of voter will know about Ilkama McCord and CJ Stroud and Jack Miller and what's coming from the quarterback spot. So, there, there is a case maybe on offense. I think the, the case is much more difficult on defense. If you're a voter who really is paying attention to defense at all, they weren't strong last year. The, the starters who are coming back, I think like this beat thinks higher of Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith than they're thought of nationally. Uh, you know, one People of the things I mean, Zach Harrison is projected as like a top 15 pick yeah. in, a lot of, in a lot of mock drafts. If, if you're looking at the mock drafts, that's true. But if you're looking back at just like last year's all-conference teams and finishes and things like that, he doesn't show up as much there. So I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to look at how voters might look at. Don't at you look too. at mock drafts when you do your? Ballot? I do, but I think I'm better than some of the other voters. I think a lot of people look at mock drafts because they're looking for a talent evaluation that is a little bit of a projection, and you know, there's enough mock drafts out there now. 
that I do think that kind of stuff does have influence. I think those mock drafts have, yeah, I think for a while, the mock, people who do those mock drafts were probably higher on Zach Harrison than we were back in February before we talked to him. That may be true. Between that and actually getting a chance to hear him speak has changed the beat's opinion of what we think Zach might do this year. That could be true. Um, but I, I do think you're right, Doug, that I think that there is enough that this team would feel like it needs – or the voters would feel like the team has to prove on defense that it might hold them back a little bit on the preseason ranking. I looked around at some of the other rankings already out there. I picked five, and I tried to pick, like, credible outlets. I, picked, I looked at Athlon, CBS, ESPN, Sporting News, USA Today. All of those have Ohio State either third, fourth, or fifth. So kind of going to what you were saying, that um, – that Stephen, that Ohio State, like anywhere in that range seems to make sense. And that comes out to an aggregate score that would put them fourth among teams just based on those five votes. Are Alabama and Clemson one, two? The, the, they are, uh, Alabama is number one on four of those and number two on one of them. And Oklahoma is the number one team for ESPN preseason right now. Okay. Uh, but who's we, the number two? Who's the popular number two? Is it Oklahoma or is it Clemson? It's Oklahoma barely ahead of Clemson. So I'll go down the list. So Alabama, like I said, they were number one on four lists, number two on another list. Right now, they are the clear consensus number one when you look around at just the, the national preseason polls that are out there coming out of the spring. And I also looked at only polls that had updated in May, like coming out of the spring after transfers, after attrition, after we saw a little bit of, of who was going to be playing for some of those teams. A lot of times I have sort of a, a hair trigger reaction when the national champion from the previous year comes into the next year as the preseason number one, especially a team that lost as much as Alabama did. I mean, losing your quarterback, losing the, the receivers, including the Heisman Trophy winner, losing a tremendous running back, losing some guys on defense like Patrick Sertain. So what do you think still, though, that this is a, a reasonable ranking for Alabama to start the year because of just what is in the fabric of that program? Both yes and no. I mean, like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know enough about who they actually do have back. They might start Jamison Williams, who had no, no role at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And he might start there. He probably will start there. So it's like, okay, I'm assuming the next Bama guys are good. But they did lose a ton. Like a ton. At least on the offense. So I don't know enough about who they have back at linebacker and defensive tackle and stuff like that. But they lost so much that I think you could make a case for other teams, right? I think you could. I am shocked that I thought the SEC team that would get the number one votes would be Georgia. Just given all that, Alabama lost everything, and Georgia lost nothing. We'll, we'll get to, to Georgia in a moment. Um, I, I, I'm, I agree with you, Stephen, that I was a little bit surprised where Georgia is ranked in the consensus so far. Um, but I, as we said before, I think – accomplishments and what you've done in recent seasons will play into these preseason polls. And I think that is one of the things that's happening with Georgia right now. Um, Oklahoma, like I said, edges out Clemson. So Oklahoma had an average ranking of 2.6 among those five polls and, or opinions and Clemson was 2.8. So just barely ahead, but Oklahoma returns a a starting quarterback who kind of got it going eventually last year. I think that probably is a factor here. They're, they are kind of the one team here other than Georgia ended up in that consensus top five that can say that kind of a factor. It's the reason he's a five-star recruit. Who's a returning starter and Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, Texas Mm A&M all have new quarterbacks. And 
Georgia has a returning quarterback, but he only took over halfway through the year, and he's not Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is like – I mean, even the dumbest voters, like, I heard of Spencer Rattler, and that's why they're there. And, 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 but also, I also think it's justifiable probably too. But, but that's – when I looked when – I, when I, in my former life as a voter, I looked at offensive line, defensive line, and quarterback. And those were my shorthands for what do you have coming back or what do you have there that's great, right? Because everybody's got skill guys. I mean, everybody's got, you know, but like those are the three things I looked at. And Spencer Rattler, in terms of like sure thing at quarterback, is like so far above the quarterbacks at every other good team that that's why I think like it actually makes sense that, that ESPN has Oklahoma number one. Because everything mm-hmm. else on Bryce Young and DJ Uwangale and CJ Stroud and I don't even know who the AM quarterback is, is like a probably, but like Spencer Rattler, you know, is good. Yeah, That's more it. than the five-star recruit thing and more than him just being a returning starter. I mean, he's the Heisman Trophy favorite right now. I think yep. that's the it's it's what he and he started off last year kind of rough. He, you know, didn't have some great games early on, but I thought he and that entire team got a lot stronger as the season progressed. He's the Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, favorite, probably the best quarterback in the country probably the number one pick next year and his best two weapons are back theo mims i mean marvin mims and theo Wees are both back so yeah it's i mean it's not to it's the it's the oklahoma version of hey justin fields chris olave and garrett wilson are back and the oklahoma defense i heard this about alex grinch i have i have a friend uh who works in the oklahoma area and he was telling me that uh norman middle school they graduated a couple of their seventh graders early from that, the really good defense they had for the, the Norman Middle School um, Trailblazers and that they are going to really help the Oklahoma defense this year. And I'll tell you what, you give Alex Grinch a couple of good seventh graders on that defense and that guy's going to make magic. So here's the deal. When you said Alex Grinch's name, I knew it was going to be a joke. But then the way you sold it, I, was, I gave myself hope that hmm, maybe he's going to say something nice about Grinch. No, not at all. No. Seventh no. graders. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma 29th last year nationally in total defense, Ohio State 59th. I know, but Ohio State like 59th is like the worst they've ever been, and Oklahoma 29th is the yeah. best they've ever been. Right. I'm just so, saying well, that oh, but, no, but, but, but this on. moment, this snapshot in time, I don't – we're going to – we'll find out. I think Ohio State has to – I mean, that's one of the things Ohio State almost has to prove. Maybe that's a, like a headline at some point. Is Ohio that, State's defense better than Oklahoma's in 2021? And that, to that point, as bad as Ohio State's defense was in, in 2020, it was worse when Alex Grinch was the coach in 2018. Kerry Combs is like, take that. Don't you say that school's name in the same sentence as us, Nathan Baird. How but, dare you? But I, I'm not saying it. The math is saying it. You just said we should put it in a headline. But, but, but frankly, it's one of the things that I think sort of frames this season for Ohio State. Like, how good is your defense? I know your offense is going to be amazing, and I think that is a the lion's share of what decides whether or not you're a playoff team in a national championship. I'm not disputing that. But if you get on the same field as Oklahoma, who also has a great offense, it's going to matter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's really it's a lot the same as last year. I mean, we just don't know about the secondary. I mean, if everybody's like, we were just saying like, oh, well, Zach Harrison's going to be good. Look at the draft. And Tyreek Smith, I mean, he's ranked high. And Haskell Garrett's the number one defensive tackle in the country, according to PFF. Like, the, the poll people are going to go be going stuff and be saying like, hey, you know what? I think Ohio State's defensive line is pretty good. And then they're going to be like, get to the secondary and be like, and who's the whole Cam- linebacker core, which is new. Who's Cam Brown? I mean, it's one of those things. Like, if I was doing a poll thing, I wouldn't even look at linebackers. Linebackers are the most meaningless position yeah. in football anymore. No offense to linebackers. 
But like, I would look at the secondary and be like, I don't know who these guys are. And they weren't ranked that high as recruits. And I'm not sure how good they were last year. And I'm not exactly sure who the replacements are. And so I have big questions about Ohio State's secondary as an uneducated, no offense to the, you know, outside voter. That's what's going to hold them back for sure. Could Ohio State's 2018 team have made the playoffs if you had put last year's linebackers on the 2018 team? They were the they linebackers. Were the they were the but if they played at yeah. that level. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, they, the scheme was terrible and had the linebackers out of position. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't – And they lost their best player – the third or second game of the year. So I, I agree with your estimation that the defensive line and the secondary are more important. I am not ready to say that linebackers couldn't factor into big, big things for Ohio state in 2021. So Clemson was third among the teams. Like I said, just barely behind Oklahoma 2.8. I think this says something a little bit, uh, says something about how Clemson is, is thought of now I mean they've obviously reached that that upper tier as we've talked about with Alabama they can lose someone like Trevor Lawrence they can lose someone like Travis Etienne and they're still right there I mean they they were the most populous number two team actually they were two from three of those groups and four from two of the others and I don't know if that's reflective of of, like I said the skill position guys that they're losing but they they bring Justin Ross back DJ (laughs) I always screw it up Uyunglele Uyunglele uh, showed some things last year. I, I think, and, and the defense actually returns a, a decent chunk of, of pretty talented guys. And they get four-fifths of the offensive line back, although that offensive line got chewed up pretty good by Ohio State last time anybody saw it. To be honest, if, if Alabama and Clemson are going to be in, – in my head, they're three and four, and the difference might just be we saw more DJ than we did Bryce last year. So at this point, you would say DJ's better than Bryce. Clemson's been one, one, and two the last three years in the preseason. Yeah, this is just this is just where they are now. They get that benefit of the doubt, and uh, but that's being almost dismissive to say that because they are this good every year. Uh, Ohio State was fourth, like I said, at three point, and then Georgia was at, at four point six. Came in as the other consensus top five team across those five, and and Georgia's I think an interesting example because they do this a little bit every year. <laughs> they have genuine promise every year for one reason or another, and then for one reason or another. Th- they don't make the playoff. They've made the playoff once. They did get to the national championship game and, and had a chance to win it. But they, they seem to be – they're in that kind of Oklahoma conversation of like, well, we know you're always going to be good-ish or even great-ish, but are you going to get it done? I think that's always going to affect them as far as the preseason ranking. I think that the people take that into account. That where you finished based on what I thought of you going in the last year is going to affect how much confidence I put in you this year. I mean, we've had pushback on this podcast from some people. We always lump Georgia in, in a top five. When actually, when you look at the playoff and who's made the playoff, it's four teams that have dominated making the playoff. And Georgia's made it once. But we lump Georgia in. Georgia, I think, generally is viewed as a top five team. So I do think they actually – I mean, I think that they – are they overranked? I mean, I guess because they've only made the playoff once. But, like, that, this is the top five in college football. We're not the only people who talk about it this way. And, like, who's six? Even if you want to say it should be a top four, okay, well, if it's top four, Georgia's definitely five. Who's six? Who's the consensus sixth best program in the country right now? I don't know. There isn't a consensus one. So, like, Georgia's always going to be in this mix because they're cut above everybody else. But they also have to often go through it 
the best team in college football to get to the playoff in a way that Oklahoma doesn't have to do. So like, no, I know, but I'm just talking about like preseason rankings. They've been right. 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 I'm saying that that plays into like why they're always, yes, they're very talented. I mean, the raw, the yeah. talent on the roster is, is a given. If you don't, if you take them out, if you take Bama out of their way, they probably have more playoff appearances given what that talent is. I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and it's something that we'll, we'll run on a later Buckeye talk, but somebody who covers another conference and it was, that idea that, like, I think from the Big Ten perspective, it's always like, oh, the SEC gets everything. Oh, the SEC has this reputation. It's like, well, Bama does. And mm-hmm. actually, the other 13 teams in the SEC, it kind of sucks to be in the SEC because you have to deal with Bama. So, like, there's two different things. And so, like, Georgia's at the top of that list, but it's like, uh Like, if Ohio State – Georgia might be equal to Ohio State. If Ohio State was Ohio State, but Bama was in the West – it was like, oh, well, I think Ohio State's really good, but, but I, I'm pretty sure Bama's going to come out of the West. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be Wisconsin knocking them off. And so, like, then what? And then it's like, well, I hope that this kind of – I hope the Big Ten gets in too because Bama's taking the one spot. Like, that is a tough world to live in. And I don't think that – I, at least personally, don't think about that. I just think about as a conglomerate, the SEC, when it's really one school and then everybody else – sort of fighting to be the second school and hoping to be the second school is good enough. And LSU was the exception to the rule. But the rest of the time, you're kind of fighting for the Bama scraps. And that's the thing. The one year where you don't have to worry about Bama being in your way, Joe Burrow. That's like what Georgia has to deal with. JT Daniels coming back for Georgia, as we mentioned before, he kind of took them a while to figure that out last year. He was hurt, came back, finished the year strong. Do you have, Doug, a JT Daniels impression to replace the Stetson Bennett impression now that he is no longer the starting quarterback? When you said the name JT Daniels, that's literally what I immediately started thinking about. I didn't know you were (laughs) going to say that, but I was starting to think about it. Is he from California or did he just go to USC? No, question. he's from California. He went to Matter Day High School. All right. Number so 16 I'm, I'm, player and number two pro style quarterback in 2018. I mean, it's just a surfer, dude. It's just like Crush from, from Finding Nemo. It's like, hey, dudes, oh. great, great to be here, man, with the Bulldogs, you know, just, you know, getting our things done, you know, just like Stetler was like so cool to me last year. Oh, I'm so excited for JT Daniels to be taken over for me. One of the finest surfer boys I ever had the pleasure to come over to get to meet here in the South. You know, I just can't be, you know, like more grateful, you know, for like what like Stetler has done for me. And like, it's just going to be like chill, man. So that's how I I work on it. He's got long hair coming out of his helmet. So, you know. Welcome back to the Stetler Stetler Barnett and JT Daniels podcast. You know, it's just great to be here on the podcast. Oh, let's talk about where Ohio State will be in the preseason AP poll. I think – see, now I can't do both at the same time. <laughs> it, you know, uh, your talents are – I think we found the, the extent of your talents. It's Stetson Bennett, actually, but I, I like that we call him Stetson Barnett because it just fits that impression so much better. Like, I don't even call him Barnett. Stetson. Barnett. I hate it. Call I him hate it. I- Stetler Barnett, I think, is officially Stetler. what I've come yeah. around on. I, I forgot his name for like two months because you kept calling him that. And so when I was watching a Georgia game, he's playing and they're going Stetson Barnett. I'm like, who is that? I've never heard of this person. It's, oh, they got a walk-on, huh? Like this is like their four-string walk-on guy? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's more that it isn't really – it was never really about Stetson Bennett. It was always about the – 
uh, concept of the player who was playing for Ohio, for Georgia, who just happened to have almost the perfect stereotypical name. It was that close to it. Stetson Bennett to, to or Sterling Barnett or whatever it was you said. I, did, I just I changed the name so I wouldn't get sued. It's, it's basically, <laughs> basically. Or his so you parents were, won't hear it and come after you. Yeah. You were asking who's number six. And I, I think that's a really interesting question. It, it broadly, you could probably throw a lot of names into that, whether it's Notre Dame or LSU. Oh, it's Notre Dame. Or, it's Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame. Having been to the, but, but, but for 2021, the consensus of these five, and I actually didn't um, average this out, but I, I think just anecdotally looking over these, I'm pretty sure it's Iowa state. They were number six on three of those lists. They were number seven on one. They were number nine on another one. Um, that's a lot of, again, that's still almost an average ranking of seven. So that's kind of weird asking who's number six. And there isn't even a consensus of that. There's almost like a, a gap in, in, in those five polls, but like, that's a lot of confidence being placed in, in that team early on to kind of make its push this year. So it's one of those things. It's like, I was just, you know, saying how it's kind of unfortunate that everybody has coalesced around the same five teams and it's the same teams in the playoff and it's the same team in the rankings. but. In 2018, when Wisconsin was number four in the preseason AP rankings, all I did all year was make fun of everybody who ranked Wisconsin in the top four. <laughs> I made people come on this podcast and admit how wrong they were. So it's like you try to squeeze another team in, and it's like, ha-ha, Wisconsin sucked. You were wrong. You should have voted for Georgia. And it's like, like Iowa State, I guarantee Iowa State's going to lose four games this year. I don't know any. I know Brock Purdy's on their team, and I guess it's the running back back. Matt Campbell's a great coach. There's no way they're going to handle yeah. this. There's no way they're going to um, handle this. The pressure, the idea of being a preseason top ten team. They're going to lose to Oklahoma. They're going to lose to Texas. They're going to lose. Are they playing Iowa in the Iowa. conference? Iowa's yep, going to be second, like, second oh, they play Iowa at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. oh, Iowa State. Oh, congratulations on your preseason number six ranking. Kirk Ferentz has a bulletin board for you. Like, they're just they're going to go eight and four because that's what happens to these teams who aren't used to being perceived in this way. So, sorry, Iowa State. My favorite thing about 2018 is, like, yes, Duck did that from the moment I joined this beat. It was like a weekly thing. He was going to make fun of Wisconsin. And it's crazy because Wisconsin actually got a first-place vote that year in the preseason poll. And they did and Georgia finish. didn't. Not from Doug. And they didn't finish in the top 25. They did not. I don't know if I see four losses on this Iowa State schedule, though. Home against Northern Iowa, home against Iowa, at UNLV, at Baylor, home against Kansas, at Kansas State, home against Oklahoma State, at West Virginia, home against Texas. So, so far, like, if they have to play an even decent, decent team, it seems to be at home. At Texas Tech, then the big one, at Oklahoma on November 20th, and then home against TCU. So it's a tough finish. But I don't know if I see four losses there. I tell you, can I tell you a secret about mid-tier team schedules? Everybody thinks that you want the really good teams at home so you can beat them. The really good teams you're probably going to lose to anyway. And then when you play the mid-tier teams on the road, now you've doubled your losses. So it's like, all right, that. congratulations on getting – you don't think Sark's loaded? Like, all right, we're going to stop this losing to Iowa State thing. So, I mean, their schedule is they play everybody in the Big 12 because it's a round robin. Everybody plays everybody. So, you know, I'm not saying the Big 12 is great, but, like, Oklahoma's good. Texas is going to be loaded for bear. I think TCU's better this year. Oklahoma State's always got a little something. And, you know, Baylor, I don't know. They, like, the, it's just 
like the rest of the Big 12, Iowa State's been a pain in the butt. I, I mean, obviously, that's why they are here. Where they, that's why they're preseason number six because of what they've done in the past. But everybody in the Big 12 can't wait to knock them off now that they're on top of the pedestal or second on the pedestal to Oklahoma. Now, Texas is going to be an underdog. Steve Sarkeesian, who just RPO'd the world to death, is going to be like, we're an underdog in Ames? Are you joking? Look at the guys on this roster. I think Texas wins that game by 30. Texas, this is Texas's because they're going to lose to Oklahoma. At least I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma. This is their like, hey, Texas is back game. Because it's, I mean, after that, their schedule is West Kansas, West Virginia, Kansas State. And they're probably going to win those games. This is their opportunity to be like, hey, we're back. After we lost the, after we lost Oklahoma, this is our only loss of the year. And I'm here to be wrong, but it's like it's the same thing like with Northwestern, right? Except that Northwestern is in a division. And so they're in the weaker division of a good conference. Iowa State, it's not like Iowa State's in the division where they don't have Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like they have to play everybody all the time. And so yeah. it's just a tough road. For those teams, it's much easier to sneak up on people for teams like that than to be a preseason top 10 team. I mean, Iowa's going to be rated higher in the preseason than it's ever been. And that's, that's tough at a program like that. Iowa State, you mean? Iowa State, I mean, yeah. Um, anybody else that we need to talk about relative to where we're going to end up ranking Ohio State. Anybody else that factored into that conversation for you guys? Notre Dame, Texas A&M. I I do think A&M, A&M, and again, I was talking to this guy from Texas the other day. A&M has like a lot, I think has seven of like the top 100 on like the early preseason draft big boards and stuff. Like Texas Mm -hmm. A&M is like really talented. They have some real guys on defense. I don't know what their quarterback situation is, but like – The conversation I was having with the person is like, this is sort of like Texas A&M's playoff year. Like when you look around, it's like Texas A&M sees that Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are all breaking in new quarterbacks, right? They were right there on the cusp last year. I think Texas A&M has to be in this discussion. They're in a quarterback battle, one of which his name is Haynes King. He's 2020, so this is year two for him. He's borderline top 100 recruit, so. So in a very similar situation, but like has a, they have a lot of guys back in the other spots. Yeah. Should we talk about Oregon for the sake of like where they might be for when that game is? They're probably not going to be ranked higher than Ohio State, but that's probably a top ten matchup. I think Nathan, all these lists had them in that ten twelve range. Okay. okay, I was going to say, did you do a composite for them? But it seems like they're around at the edge of the top ten. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I may have even seen them as high as eight or nine. But yeah, they're they're I mean they're they're roughly a a top ten team, which I think is what we expected from the day this game was probably scheduled back whenever. And I think that's, that's held up. Mm-hmm. They have the best defensive player in the country, maybe in Kayvon Thibodeau. And then they've got some skill dudes on offense and they've got an experienced quarterback in the Boston college transfer, Anthony Brown. So like, they've got some pe- you can see the pieces. They've got a couple experienced offensive linemen, you know, like if you're, again, if you're going through, I don't know that they have any like absolute game breakers from a skill position standpoint yet, but I think you go through it. Like, I think their defensive line's good. I think their offensive line's pretty good. And their quarterbacks at least played a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do agree, Stephen. I think probably by week two, I do think that'll end up being a top 10 matchup in Ohio Stadium. We're going to come back from the break, and we are going to mark it down where we think Ohio State will be in the preseason AP poll. You're listening to the Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk. It is Market Down Monday, so we are marking down where Ohio State will be in the preseason AP poll. Doug, do you want to lead us off? 
Yeah, I do. And I want to give one more stat real quick. This is in the, in the six previous preseason polls of the playoff era because 2014 wasn't a playoff era preseason poll because the playoff had not yet influenced how people vote, right? So I'm not counting that. Correct. So the last six years, 24 spots to be in the top four, right? Four a year for six years. 18 of those 24 spots as a top four team were taken up by our big five in those six years. Bama every year, Clemson four, Ohio State three, Georgia three, Oklahoma two. And then the other ones who were a top four team, and I did top four because that's how many make the playoff. Florida State twice, and then TCU, Baylor, USC, and Wisconsin once each. And then I checked real quick, um, three, five, seven, eight, 10, 14. 14 of the 24 top four teams in the preseason the last six years made the playoff. And last year it was three of the top four because Bama Clemson was number one, made it. Ohio state was number two, made it. Bama was number three, made it. And then Georgia was fourth and they didn't make it. So anyway, there is a correspondence here. I think Ohio state will be fourth. I think they will be fourth. I didn't know that was the consensus, but to me it's just, Clemson and Bama get the benefit of the doubt, and Spencer Rattler is famous, and Ohio State's next behind them. So, uh, and I would bet a pretty fair amount of money on that, um, just for that reasoning. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I know Georgia has a lot back, but I just, I just don't think from a perception standpoint, you know, they'll be there. And then uh, I don't, I don't know exactly how they would wind up ahead of the other three because I don't think people will take enough deep dives into Clemson and Bama. I think Oklahoma is definitely going to be ahead of them. And then the rest is just perception. So Ohio state four. Just, uh, and we're marking down where we think they will be ranked based on yep. what you know right now. Is that where you would rank Ohio state? You know, I'd have to look at A&M, right. I'd have to look at like how, what exactly everything A&M has back on defense. Um, I'd have to look at uh, Georgia has a lot. I'd think about Georgia, but at the same time, I'd think about ranking like Ohio State ahead of Alabama, maybe, right. depending on, you know, so it's like, I think I might, if I was a voter, I might end up with Ohio State maybe more around five, but I also think it's possible that like, I might have Oklahoma, Georgia, and Texas A&M and ahead of them, but have Clemson and Bama behind them, and that they wind up at four anyway. But what I think the voters will do is, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma is a top three. So I'm not, thankfully, I don't have to do it. So I'm not going to do it. I don't have to vote no more. That's your job now. Woo, woo. I'm, all that, oh, man, like you're going to be thumbing through Phil Steele. Oh, does oh, Texas A&M have uh, 16 starters back at, or 15? And I'm just going to be like, man, I'm going to be looking at Disney World pictures. Good luck, voter. You, good luck, sucker slash voter. I mean, what an honor it is, Nathan. For you to, I meant honor, not sucker. Did I say sucker? I said honor. Good luck to you, my friend. Steven, mark it down. They're way too excited about that. About um, Nathan having to spend his summer researching a top 25? I am very yeah, excited about that. It's just it's a little too much. I I I I included 2014 in my in my in my in when I was doing my research because it's not a preseason playoff poll, but for the sake of it's the first year they had the playoffs, so I included it. 
And the three year, uh, this is the fourth quarterback Ohio State's had in the playoff era. And the three years, other years that they've had a first time starting quarterback, they've been fifth in every single one of those preseason polls 2014, and then 2018 with Dwayne Haskins, and then 2019 with Justin Fields. They were all fifth. And I, that's the easy way of me saying I'm also going to mark it down that they're going to be fifth. I'm a little, I'm going to give some benefit of the doubt that the voters are going to look at George and see all that coming back, and they might be two or three. And depending on what they feel about DJ versus Bryce, who's going to be higher between Alabama and Clemson. But I just think in some order, it's going to be Oklahoma number one. And then Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, in some order, will be two through four. And then Ohio State, just because we know of the five top five we're talking about, that's the only quarterback we know absolutely nothing about. And the defense was eh last year. And from a perception standpoint, the, the, I guess the biggest names on that defense aren't back this year outside of Haskell Garrett from, from last season. So I just think they might just get to be fifth and give the benefit of the doubt to Clemson and Alabama's quarterbacks with Oklahoma and, and Georgia bringing everything back. And if you had a vote as you were sitting here right now before we've fully steadied those other teams, would you vote Ohio State fifth? I'd put – yeah, I'd probably go Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. So as Doug said, I am the one who has the vote for Cleveland.com, and I'm, I'm glad I don't have to submit it today because I don't know that I would do a great job of it even after having done this exercise. I, when, I, I think you both make really strong points. I also said Ohio State would be fourth, but as Doug was kind of giving his explanation, the thing that popped into my mind was I think it's going to be a pretty clear top three and that the Ohio State-Georgia thing might be kind of close for fourth. And obviously Steven is saying he thinks that Georgia could even be higher than that. And I think that among the more savvy voters, that might be true. I just think that Alabama and Clemson have sort of locked themselves into, like something would have to be really off going into a year for them not to be in the top three. And then I think what we talked about before with Oklahoma, the Spencer Rattler factor, the improvements on defense, the fact that they're, I think, expected to kind of be the big man in the big 12 again I think that's going to give those three teams the top three spots and then now it's just a matter of comparing Ohio State to Georgia I think Stephen you make a really good point about the first year starting quarterback the other thing that's changing though is uh, the conversation we just had about Ryan Day as a quarterback whisper that just that was on Friday right yes I, we, we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing two of these this a day awesome. and some of them aren't going to post until like uh, whenever yeah. Ohio State plays Alabama in 2031 or whatever. So yeah. we're working well ahead that. recently. But that once that reputation starts to build, I think that could actually work a little bit in Ohio State's favor, maybe give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because people, again, savvy voters, will look and say, well, Dwayne Haskins was a first-year starter, obviously had success. Justin Fields was a first-year starter, obviously had success. So you may not hold the first-year starter against Ohio State that much. So I'm going to take them to end up with that four spot ahead of Georgia, but it also may not be one that they hold on to long-term, even if they're winning early on, if Georgia or Texas A&M, I suppose, but especially Georgia is impressing early on. Although the other thing to remember is Georgia plays Clemson early on. So that, Week one, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's so, going to change. But I don't think that should factor into how we – I hope that voters don't factor into your schedule into how they're ranking you preseason. You mean and I don't they think might, should. You mean they might put Georgia and Clemson number one and number two just so they can have a one-two matchup in week one? No, I, I don't want people who try to plot ahead what someone's schedule 
what someone's final record will be based on their schedule and Fair. vote according to that, as opposed to voting for how good you think the team is. Fair. Uh, also, yeah. I, 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 go ahead. No, I, I said, I, I don't think people will do that, but go, go ahead. I, I, I understand your QB whisperer thing, but also I know it's to a lesser extent because Oklahoma didn't have, doesn't, is not the talent roster that Ohio State is, but Lincoln Riley QB whisperer in 2020 with a first year starting quarterback was also fifth. You know, behind Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. That's fair. That's fair. Another thing, but also they all had – everybody except Georgia there had, like, experienced starting quarterbacks coming back. And I think when people voted, they might have thought Jamie Newman was going to yeah. be Georgia's quarterback. But that was Justin yeah. Fields, Mac Jones, who had played half a year while Tua was hurt, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the other thing I just want to bring up is in 2014, I double, I'm 95% sure this is right, uh, Braxton Miller was not hurt when the votes were due. So Ohio state was number okay. five when people thought Braxton Miller was the quarterback. And then after week one, when they won with JT Barrett, they dropped to eighth. So I think that yeah. was a readjustment. And then I think if people knew JT Barrett was going to be the quarterback, they would have been lower than fifth. I think they would have been okay. seventh or eighth, um, which actually, but then that surprises me. That also doesn't seem right because Ohio state, who was undefeated into the Big Ten championship with Braxton Miller and had a decent amount back, I would have thought would have been higher than fifth, right? It's with Braxton the, yeah, Miller. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the reigning national champion, Florida. It's Bama. It's Oregon with Marcus Mariota, and it's Oklahoma. Which, yeah, you're yeah. probably, I think you could have flipped Ohio State and Oklahoma in that situation, but the other three, all four of the teams who were ahead of Ohio State had first place votes. Florida State with 57 of them, and Alabama, Oregon, Oklahoma all had one. Again, based on the preseason research that we just did, what is the range right now you think, that, like the credible range for Ohio State? Because I could see someone voting them as high as probably not number one, but I could see someone voting them two, certainly three. And I could probably listen to a ranking as low as seven or eight. I think there is a, I don't know, a thirty-three percent chance. A thirty-three percent chance they get one vote. They get, you know, that like somebody who's like, listen, they have great receivers, they have great tackles. Let me show you this defensive line. I have faith that the quarterback's going to be good. They're number one. I think that's possible. There's always a couple screwballs. It's like I, I have trouble with this sometimes because I admire people who don't follow groupthink, but then it, there used to be the case at least when people who were just dumb and like dumb on purpose, I felt like, like, well, I just think they're the 24th best team. And it's like, what is your rationale? None of it makes sense. So, I mean, I think if you want to go sort of that top four, the other big four plus A&M, right? I, I don't know how you could have Notre Dame ahead of Ohio State. It was, to me, it's hard to have them lower than sixth unless you've really got a vibe on somebody that you just think, I mean, could you really rank Ohio state lower than Iowa state? Just because Brock Purdy has experience. I don't, I would, I would be intrigued to have like a, someone who votes for Iowa state ahead of Ohio state, have them on and have a discussion about it. Cause I just, it's like, but, but all their recruits are better at every single position. Like, what are you, what are you basing it on? So I think they could be, from one to six, but probably more realistically, two to six. I think strong, like I said before, a strong case for three to five, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were anywhere from two to six. In 2016, seven teams had a first place vote. I think we, that, I don't know if it's going to be seven teams. I won't be shocked if all five of the top five we've been talking about all have, you know, a couple of first place votes and this Oklahoma just has the most, so they're number one. 
I think that's a very real possibility. I put this out to our texters, 614-350-3315, to see where they would rank Ohio State to start the preseason. Again, they probably hadn't, I'm sure hadn't, done as much research as we had because I gave them like 45 minutes notice that we were doing this. So it was kind of a snap judgment call. But I think that also kind of is a – it's interesting to take that barometer of just like in their mind, where do they think Ohio State sits going into the season? Obviously, after being a playoff team the last two years and making the national championship. Where do you guys – what do you guys think was the most popular vote? And this is what I gave them. I should tell you this. I gave them. I gave them number one, number two, number three, number four, number five or six, and then seven through ten. Those were, oh, and then outside the top ten was my other uh, option. So I gave them those seven options. Two or three. I'll say third one. Actually, the most popular vote was what Doug and I said, number four. 33% picked number four. 27% picked number three. So that's 60% of the Ohio State fan base goes in the season thinking should be considered a playoff favorite, but not the preseason best team in the country. And I think that uh, makes a lot of sense because I think that's how we kind of talk about this team right now. Uh, 18% each went to either number two or number five or six. And I think that's an interesting answer that you think they might be a national championship game favorite but an equal percentage of the fan base thinks they might be outside the playoff this year, or at least considered outside the playoff going into this year. What do you guys think of those numbers? Sounds about right. What was number one? Number one only got 2% of the vote. Okay. And number seven through 10 only got 3% of the vote. So, and then uh, outside the top 10 got zero votes. So very scant. Um, I mean, this is very, this was a very uh, bell curve poll, frankly, but very, very scant support for them either being the best team in the country going into the year or being like on the very fringe of the playoff picture. But I thought it was interesting that there are, there are as many people who think they might be number two going into the year as people who think they might not even be in the top four. Yeah, no, I think, I think none of that surprises me very much. I, I mean, I think it's credit to them because it's like they're the third best program, as we've talked about a million times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, Bam and Clemson are one and two. And then I guess Ohio State third. But if you, you know, if number four, one, that's people throwing Spencer Rattler in there. So uh, I think that sounds about right. I think that's astute. Yeah, no, I don't have any problems with that. The other question I asked was, how much does it matter to you where Ohio State football is ranked in the preseason poll? And the three options I gave were a lot. The preseason poll gets a lot of attention and a high ranking brings important exposure and prestige to the program. Some, you cannot say the poll means nothing because recruits and others take notice, but it does not affect what happens on the field. Or not at all. The writers are taking wild guesses at what teams will look like once games are played, and it's sort of silly they even do a preseason poll. So of those three, uh, it won't surprise. This always happens. The middle one wins. It got 60% of the vote. So 60% said some, that it, it has some meaning. But uh, at the old end of the day, it doesn't change how good Ohio State ends up being that year. Between the other two, either it matters a lot or it doesn't matter at all, which one do you think got more support? For the sake of a Doug Grant, I hope it's, it matters a lot. Oh, I think it's none. I think none was higher. Not at all got 29%. A lot only got 11%. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, sounds, about, that sounds right to me. Because like, like, there's so many other things to hang your hat on when you're Ohio State. You don't have to hang your hat on like the kind of imaginary thing at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year that's a guess. It's like they can hang their hat on the Michigan rivalry, winning Big Ten championships, making the playoff, having All-Americans, recruiting classes. You know, when you're Iowa State, it's like, holy moly, we're sixth. You hang your hat on the preseason ranking. I, I can imagine a lot of Ohio State fans being like, I don't care. 
what, what's the sweet spot for Ohio State in this preseason ranking to um, to not be too high, but be just low enough that Ryan Day really gets to juice it for some motivational tactics? Four to eight. I just, so it That's might a pretty be big six range. Or, I know. It might be six or seven because you're one of the best teams in the country, but you're not a playoff team. So yeah, you I know, think even like five you know, or six could be enough yeah. for him to really uh, like turn right it into outside. inspirational like you're, fodder. Ryan you're Day good. would be like, Ryan Day would be like, oh, oh, we're number one with fifty-eight out of sixty-one votes. Oh, there's three people who don't believe in us. You gonna let those three people determine your fate? So I mean, it's yeah, the, th- the three people who voted in number two. <laughs> yeah, how dare? Oh. <laughs> Hang a banner. Nobody. Put their names up there. Nathan Baird, right the second. Final three. One, two, three. Yeah. Anything else on this topic before we shut down another Market Down Monday? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, Doug, obviously I am completely screwed up schedule-wise. What is coming up later this week on Buckeye Talk? Because you have that schedule oh. laid out in your head. So this is the Memorial Day Buckeye Talk. That went up on Monday. Tuesday is me and Bo Bishop talking about Braxton Miller, which was something a little different, but we talked about what could have Braxton Miller have been as a pro prospect. I thought that was fun. The big Wednesday pod is the five things Ohio State needs to do to win the national championship. And then you guys have Buckeye football futures for Thursday. And Friday is Buckeye fly effect. What if Joe Burrow had beaten out Dwayne Haskins in the spring of 2018? And, and I think BFFs this week is defensive line, correct? It Steve? is. It is, but also we'll probably sprinkle in some of the stuff I saw at these day camps. Ah, very true. And, uh, and they're all in the house because, again, I, I am actually still in the state of Ohio as you're hearing this, but I am packing for Disney World. Are you an overpacker or an underpacker? Or, or do you get it just right? I'm very good at packing. You always have to take a pair of emergency underwear. I mean, everybody does that, right? Wait, just like one pair of – you take like the pair you're wearing and then one more pair for an emergency? No, if you're going on a seven-day trip, yeah, yeah. I mean, I go – inside, outside, inside, outside, inside, outside, inside. You're done for a week. Yeah. If you're packing for a seven-day trip, you got to take eight pairs of underwear. I mean, I don't want to live in a world. If, if, if I was dating someone before I got married and she packed for a trip and for seven days she packed seven pairs of underwear, I would break up with yeah. her. Yeah, because she's not prepared for anything in life no. to happen. You're not prepared for anything. You know? Or you're too perfect, like nothing ever happens to you. It's like, yeah. listen, man, I am an eighth pair underwear kind of guy. So, um, but I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I try to balance. I, when I'm at Disney World, I'm very big on this. I don't like to mix brands, right? Like if I'm doing, like if you have a hat and a t-shirt, I want to make sure they're not rivals of each other and conflicting things. I would never wear like a cartoon character on one shirt and a cartoon character from a different universe on my hat. Like, I would never wear, like, a Bugs Bunny hat and a Mickey Mouse shirt. That's incongruous to me. So I do try to match up that kind of stuff. But, yeah, generally a good packer. I agree with that. Like, if you're wearing Nike socks, you should probably have, like, Nike shoes on. Don't wear a pair of Adidas with some Nike socks on. It just doesn't make any sense. I can't imagine anything in the world less important than whether my socks and shoes match in terms of brand. (laughs) But if you have a logo, if you have a logo. Because some of my socks have a little Nike swoosh on them. And I would, wear, I would not wear them with non-Nikes. If they're, sure, not, if they're hidden. I'm sure at some point in my life I wore a Chicago Bears t-shirt and a St. Louis Cardinals cap or vice that's versa. That's ridiculous. 
That's yeah, ridiculous. And you know what? I'm I'm still standing. The sun, <laughs> the sun struggled up the next morning. But you wouldn't wear – I mean, I guess that's better than wearing like a Chicago Bears jersey and like a Seattle Seahawks hat, right? So at least it's – Right, or, or yeah. like a Bears – or a Cubs jersey and a White Sox hat. I know people who do right. crap like that, and that's a whole other podcast. I don't even – how can you walk around Chicago doing that? I feel like you're, you're You'd asking be for violence. Man. You're choosing violence at that point. But also, I'm also not super into like Bears jersey and Bears hat unless you're going to the game. So it's yeah, more like a Bears jersey mm-hmm. and like a hat that's like just like your favorite bar or whatever. You can't go full super fans. Yeah. Yeah, and just be sitting in like a TGIF, TGI Fridays eating fries. Like that's, you just look weird. Yeah. It's like, is that, is that Justin Fields? It's like, nope, just Nathan uh, Baird being super excited about the Bears. We're often mistaken for each other. So it's a good thing actually that he's out of uh, Franklin County now. So people don't come up and keep asking me for autographs. It was getting a little... I finally just started signing them. So if you have a Justin Fields autograph out there, you're buying it on the secondary market. Chances are it's just me. You're uh, just like I out just, out with easier. your dog. You're out with your dog and people are like, hey, it's Uno. And you're like, I'm not Justin Fields. <laughs> it's Justin and Uno. <laughs> it's not even the same dog. There's two different colors. But it's okay. This is Uno. Oh, there's more than color that, that sets those two dogs apart, I would say, and, and, and more that, that, that sets Justin Fields and I apart. Um, but that's enough for today on Buckeye Talk. Thanks for joining us for Market Down Monday. And like Doug just said, it's a, it's a loaded week, and we've got stuff that's stretching in the next week too. I think we've got some, some really fun stuff coming up, and I hope you all enjoy it. But for now, I'm Nathan Baird. For Doug Maurice and for Stephen Means, that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>